My name is Elizabeth Lewis, and I'm the owner and CEO of Detroit Mom. As a teen mom, I know firsthand the feeling of isolation and the fears that come at different stages of motherhood. I spent half the time wondering where to find community and the other half dreaming of a way to create that community for myself and the women around me. No mother should experience change and challenges alone. I created this community and podcast to make sure women in my community are never alone. Welcome to the Unfiltered Mom Podcast. The intention of this podcast is to make sure you have a voice and your story is being heard. Welcome to The Unfiltered Mom. I'm your host, Elizabeth Lewis, and today I'm joined by three lovely ladies. But before we jump in, the topic today is going to be around, are you pregnant again? And I think we've all possibly heard this regardless of our situation. For me, it's having, I have four children, but I will let you guys go ahead and just introduce yourself, let everybody know who you are so they can recognize your voice as we kind of move through the season. So, Christina, do you want to go ahead and start? Absolutely. My name is Christina Rinaldi. I'm the executive director of Detroit Dog Rescue. That's how a lot of people know me. But uh, what they don't know is I'm, you know, also a mom, and maybe they do know a lot of people on Instagram follow my mom shenanigans as I rescue dogs and do what I do in the city of Detroit. I actually didn't know you had kids until I did some digging. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Isn't that crazy? I'm, I'm being so serious. Like, no. I was like, wait a sec. Is she a mom? It and all, then- like, intertwines. It really does. But... I'm bigger on the dog front, and then I've now started incorporating kids and family and okay. social media and things like that because it all does. As, as every mom knows, your kids, no matter what, <laughs> blend into your work. So it's so true. Yeah, it's true. That is true. <laughs> all right, Ash. I am Ashley Howard, and uh, most people probably know me from uh, Instagram. Some assembly required. I am an infertility mom, a twin mom, a lost mom, and. My platform is really just about moms not feeling alone and talking about, yes, the positives, but also being okay that not every moment in motherhood is pretty and it can be dirty and that can be just as beautiful. And so I am excited to be here and to chat about our topics today. Yay. All right. Tom Keen. Hello, everyone. My name is Tom Keen. I am a, uh, an author. Uh, my first book was published earlier this year called Breathe. I'm also a poet and a contributing writer for Detroit Mom and Lansing Mom. I've been married for more than 22 years, and I am a mother of six children aged from teenagers all the way down to a toddler. And currently, I'm writing my memoir about my healing journey from mental health and motherhood and finding healing in my midlife. And I often say that I'm writing to heal and healing to write. I love that. Yeah, I love that so much, too. Gosh. Thank you. Uh, Okay. So I'm so glad you guys are here. So let me go ahead and get started. First and foremost for me, you know where I get the most where it's like, oh, you're having, I actually did not get it when we had our third, well, fourth, because I have a 12 year age gap. So Lauren, I had her when I was 16 and then 12 years later, Harper came along. So, but now I do where people are like, oh my gosh, you wouldn't have more kids, would you? Wow. Yeah, I know. And let me let me be clear. I would have more kids if my parents were here, but I cannot. You know, mm-hmm. I I'm actually it's a, that's a great topic we need to talk about. Like when you don't have family at all, because my with my parents gone, my sister lives on the other side of the the country, and so 
And my parents didn't have good relationships with their families growing up. So crazy, right? As we were growing up as kids. But I always wanted a big family. And then I got postpartum with with Marin. Mm. I never had postpartum with any of the other ones. And I think it was also dealing with grief from losing my parents. But I was like, oh my God, I can't do this again. Like I literally... I, and I have irregular periods. So let me tell you, mm-hmm. I, I, I pregnancy tests on stock. Like <laughs> every time, like I'm not gonna, I just took one this morning. I was like, Oh my gosh, something was not, I was feeling like nauseous. Mm-hmm. And I, I just take them. It. Literally, the baby's like, What that? And I was like, It's, it's a stick. They're already um, in her Amazon. I know, <laughs> I know. She's like, Can I see that? And I was like, No. But it is a thing where consciously I do think about it. Like I'm like, oh my gosh, if I got pregnant again, I'd literally freak. I I honestly would because I've my in-laws, they're my in-laws, sure. mm-hmm. you know, and they're getting older and they're not as helpful. So, but I do, I have gotten it even from like some really close friends. I'm like, why would you say that? Don't get me wrong. I'm, I'm a little crazy right now with the four that I have and raising one into adolescence is honestly, so much harder than raising babies because you're so responsible for, I feel she's 20, but I still feel really responsible for how she's going to turn out. Sure. It's a great point. Absolutely. So, Absolutely. Um, now you just I, scared me. I'm yeah, so scared right now. I know. I've been for 10 months and I'm like, oh my God. <laughs> it's definitely different. I know Tom Keen. Okay. So flipping the switch really quick. Tom Keen, you have six. Yes. Do you hear this often? All the time. <laughs> Ever since I had my third, because my first three children are only a year apart, a year and a few months. Oh. So I had three, there were three and under. So from that time that I, um, that I conceived my third one, everyone around me was like, again, this one is not even like, you know, crawling yet or walking yet. And you know, wow. you're pregnant again. Yeah. So, so what happened with me was that every pregnancy afterwards, and it got really bad by my fit, but was that I was totally embarrassed, like to even say to anyone, it was the joy of telling anyone, hey, guess what, I'm pregnant. Because it was like people were grieving, my yeah. friends, my, my, you know, some of my family, they were grieving for me getting out of, maybe because of postpartum depression had had hit me hard with, with most of my pregnancies. And they thought that they were going to once again lose me to something where I become a shell of myself. So, you know, with good intention, but nonetheless, it just added to the tension of letting anyone know, guess what, we're expecting again. So me and my husband kind of lived in a little bubble of joy within ourselves. Mm. But anywhere, anywhere oh. else, I just, you know, I just felt like I was kind of like, yeah, don't worry, we'll still be friends. Like I was almost consoling people with each pregnancy that came. By the sixth child, I just didn't want to tell anyone, and I didn't tell anyone until four or five months. <gasps> um, because, yeah, because I just wasn't. And, and they were jokes. I mean, I went to the kids' school, and they would be like, oh, another one? What is this, number 23? It just, you know, just keep them coming, you know, like like stuff like that. So it has been very hard on me emotionally to just deal with the fact of telling anyone, guess what, we're pregnant again. Or if I say to anyone, I have something to share with you. Like, oh, guess what? Are you pregnant? So, yeah, it, 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 it's been really emotional for me for that one. Sure. Tom Keen, I'm curious when people would say something to you, maybe when you were there dropping the kids off at school, when you would get a, a comment like that or like, oh, this is number 23 or what, whatever it was, what, what was your reaction? Did you... Were you gracious, which I'm sure you were, or did you say something? Did you just, you know, smile and nod? What was your reaction? To- yeah, I just laughed with them. I just laughed. 
but I came home and cried a lot. <gasps> See, and I think that's where, as women, we need to own our decisions, whatever yeah. whatever they are. You know, on the flip side, I only have two kids, but yeah. I'm so busy and I do so many things. It really does take a village to raise my kids. I yeah. have my mother-in-law. I have a nanny. I have cousins. I have an aunt. And my husband does a lot of the what we'd call stereotypical mom work. He, you know, he's yeah. on And so after I had my first, because I'm so busy, people were kind of like, how are you going to handle this? How is this going to change? What are you going to do? And I really just had to own my decision and just say, this is what it is. Like, I'm going to, we're going to handle it. We don't do it a traditional way. And, you know, I really think we need to start owning and and standing up for our decisions as our roles change as women and as mothers and just say, this is what it is. I got six kids. I got two kids. I got eight kids. I work. I'm head of the PTA. I also do this. and Because it doesn't affect other people's lives. And I think we need to also, if anything, when we're sharing our stories, you as a reader sitting back saying, I've been that person who has said that to another woman and I need to stop it. Mm -hmm. Like it's none of your dang business, Mm -hmm. what decisions she chooses for reproductive purposes, right? We've all been caught up in it like, oh my gosh, she's having another baby. Gosh, you know, and, and I can see where your family, Tom Keen, would be concerned. Like, Ash, like, I want to hear yours because I'm sitting here, like, following you on Instagram. I'm like, girl, why, <laughs> why are you doing this again? Yeah. Well, you know, it's so funny. And to Christina's point about owning your journey. So just real quick, a little bit of background. So my husband and I, we went through six rounds of IVF to get our miracle twins. We had seven losses along the way. It was a very trying experience mentally, physically, emotionally, everything that went through that. Now the boy the twins are, are 10 months and we are actually gearing up to go into a new round of IVF to get a sibling. And so, yes, we have two kids. And the reason, first and foremost, just why I'm why I'm putting myself through it is there's a couple things. So in my response to people on the same note is I just have this gut feeling that our family's not complete. Yeah. It's just yeah. that. Yeah. I can't tell you... Am I crazy? Maybe. Am I <laughs> Am I maybe getting in over my head? Do I necessarily want to go through it again? I don't really know. Yeah. But there's just this gut feeling that we're not done and that the story's not complete yet. And so that's why we're doing it. And that's what I share. We get people saying, oh my gosh, how are you doing this? And not only did we go through the rounds of IVF, we had an extremely traumatic pregnancy. I was in the hospital for almost a month at the University of Michigan. I was cut wide open. They had Mm -hmm. to have a five-hour surgery to save both me and my twins' lives at 13 and a half weeks. And so we have very high risk of complications going into another pregnancy. And people have called me every name, that I'm crazy, that I am ungrateful, that I'm basically like trying to do God's work myself and to just let it be. Wait, because of IVF? Yeah. People say that? Absolutely. And just that it shouldn't be my control. It should be the greater purpose of what happens happens. And then when you have someone who like me who can't have children on my own, but desperately wants to be a mom can give all the love in the world. Mm -hmm. Our family's just not complete. And I think past that it's, it's really no one's business when they, when they make comments about how crazy I am for doing it. Yeah. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I honestly wonder that myself. Like if when people make those comments, it's the subconscious part of them that wants more children that they're like, 
I don't know. Do you? What do you? Yeah, think, I mean, you know, they say every time you hate on somebody, that it is mm. something that you hate about yourself. Yeah. Mm. So yeah. you know, when you get the question of like, oh, you're having four kids, is it because you have one, or you've chosen not to have kids? So you know, subconsciously, there's always something in there when you're not happy for somebody else. Yeah. It's because there's something in you, unconsciously or consciously, that you're not happy about yourself. Mm. When you, you know, if you're putting out love and joy and positivity type of energy, that's going to come back to you. Yeah. But, you know, for the people that need to be negative and put that out there, there's there's really some healing that has to be done. So that's why I'm always like I'm standing up for my decisions because I'm putting the most good out there. And you're always going to have somebody, you know, that's not going to like what you're doing. And right. we have to get really okay with that as moms. Oh, mm-hmm. it's so hard though. I know. Girl, I know, it's but... so hard. I know. <laughs> you know, we – I tell this to people all the time. I get so, so – and this is like slightly derailed, but this is kind of a good thing – I put something up about cancel culture. Somebody, oh, I saw that. Friend, okay. Yep. Do you know how many people just like came out all yeah. walls to the walls? Like, <laughs> like, really? I believe it. Oh God! And and it wasn't even about has nothing to do with racism. Doesn't have anything to do. do nothing about that. Like those people, one hundred percent. You murder someone. You any you you're done. Like mm-hmm. in my book, like there mm-hmm. is no like redemption. Right. Right. Okay, right. Let's be realistic. Mm-hmm. What it had to pertain to more was like, you all heard this, you you guys have heard this, you're out and about, and this, we can go into another, this is probably actually a great second, like quick topic here. Yeah. But just to give you guys a gist to what to look forward to next episode, because we are going to do this, is when you have a friend who's like, you tell them, oh yeah, I just met this really great person. Mm-hmm. And they're like, oh my gosh, you know what I heard about them? Mm-hmm. Blah, blah, blah. Mm. You have already mentally canceled them out in your head. You're mm-hmm. like, I'm not even giving them a chance. Absolutely. I'm done. I'm done. Mm-hmm. So yeah. I think it like, I don't, I, and for me, it's sometimes so hard. And I've just, gosh, almost five years in, became, become okay with, I know people aren't going to like everything, but I, I know people talk behind my back. I know people, this amongst amount of things that people mm-hmm. talk about me because I am on a platform that allows women yeah. a voice right. and people don't like that. Right. Absolutely. You know, I am probably the most present on our Instagram and now more so on our Facebook because I want things to kind of talk to each other. And so things I see, I, I'm very much like, let's talk about the important things. Mm-hmm. Like, let's talk about them. And people just, they, they're quick to, and, but here's the thing, you know, I'm actually going to say this. I'm going to put this in my notes because there's, there's a piece of this that's very interesting is when we do this, like when people attack on social, they then stop other women from speaking up. Absolutely. Do you know what I mean? Like Men and this, women. I Absolutely. Know, there's, this, there's this whole thing. I think this is a great, Kristen, I'll have, you know. Take note, take Kristen. note, Kristen. But anyway, so back to, it, I love how you said owning your decisions, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Like, like if I had a fifth, I don't know if I'd be, I would probably actually be in the position, Tom Keen, you would be like, oh my gosh, people would be like, you're nuts. Right. Because I constantly yeah. feel like I, I, I said this to my friend, Katie, she's like this, like executor to the extreme. Right. And I just text her and I'd ask her to do something. She was done with it in like two minutes. I'm over here. Like in that two minutes, I've dreamed about three more things. <laughs> do you know what I'm yeah, saying? And right, she's like, yeah. but you're the visionary and the dreamer. And I am the executor. Right, the doer. Yeah. It's really mm-hmm. hard for me to come at terms with that because people don't care about the visionaries or the dreamers, right? They measure worth by the executors, the people Absolutely. who are getting stuff done. So right. I'm over here like, oh God, if I have another baby, like 
I said, baby, gotta be okay. Yeah. <laughs> While she's all just like right? freaking dreamy. Yeah. But I think we no. have to realize like people don't give enough credit to the visionaries. Yeah. But they don't realize the visionaries always get it done. And they have people behind them. Absolutely. Like, like, yeah, absolutely. For that, like, hallelujah for the executors. I'm so great. Like that pragmat- <laughs> pragmatic brain, that's wonderful. But us visionaries, like we always figure out how to get it done because we, we see it and then we yeah. reverse engineer it. Yeah. So, you know. And, <laughs> yeah. and you just have to own, you know, your, like I said before, your decisions and, and you have to also hear the people that are happy for you. You're going to, no matter what you do, yeah. you're going to get negative comments. You know, I think we get five negative comments in the comment feed and we forget about the 20 happy positive ones. Yeah. Those, those negative ones That's are true. always louder in our head and, and sure. make us insecure and question our self-worth and, but, you know. You know, it's like a whole but, other thing too. Tumkey, I know you, I know you have something to piggyback, but really quick, as white women, we probably don't experience, like, I'm sort of like, oh, the hatred, whereas Tom Keen, it's your everyday reality. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so I think it's just, a lot of it has to also do with, I think, people thinking that their opinion um, has the right to be voiced, and that they, because they feel it, they need to share it, and they need yeah. to, and they need to hold ground, even if it's to do with someone else's life. Yeah. What ends up happening is people don't see that perhaps pregnancy that's unplanned might have its own weight on the on the parents that are you know they're expecting now um they must be awake you know they must be like i was awake at night thinking how am i going to do this again like how am i going to go through this how is it going to be postpartum this time like all the things that we go through when that changes color we're going through it own and then you kind of like okay now i have to make sure that other people feel comfortable around me that i you know that i cushion it like if i'm sharing with certain people i'm expressing my joy if i'm sharing with certain people i'm like yeah i know i don't know how i'm going to do this and mm. the whole time you're like denying yourself your own emotions and i think i i i'm i'm one of those people who because i've been through postpartum like four times now antepartum postpartum both of them I've been through it four times out of my six pregnancies. I feel like it all adds on. And when you deliver that baby, suddenly with the hormones and everything else, your emotions are just another creature. And you just don't know how to harness it anymore because what you've been trying to control your entire pregnancy with everything that's around you, you're suddenly like, I can't anymore. The beast is too big. And and, and it really is vicious when when it, it it's something that as small as people just not being um, understanding that you're, you're having another baby and as long, along with your own emotions of how you're going to, uh, you know, rise to that occasion, you're having to deal with all that. So I, I do think the words have such a big, big impact on moms. Wow. And, yeah. And I don't think we think about it. And that's, you know, if we, the, the crazy thing is like, I always want to give people's perspective on these things, but also hope that someone listening is like, ugh. Mm-hmm. I've been that asshole. Like, mm-hmm. yeah, and I think that there's a difference between voicing your opinion because you just want to hear your opinion be heard yeah. versus coming from a place good of love place, and kindness, right? Yeah, or of just concern, genuine, concern. genuine concern. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that there's a big difference there. And so, you know, I always, I always, before I ever, whether comment in my, in my personal life with friends or family or through something on social media, before I ever press that post button, yeah. I always say to myself, is this something that if we're, if it were being said to me, yeah. would I find value in that? Would yeah. I have a, a, would I have a positive takeaway rather yeah. than a negative one? And I, and I, one thing that to kind of pull it all together when I, when I used to speak in my twenties to college women about just owning your journey and your, and being your authentic self, one of the things that I would always close the session with is 
pick your favorite band, whatever that band is. Let's say it's Maroon 5, right? Oh, girl. Okay. Okay. Yeah, who doesn't like Maroon 5, right? And I always would tell them when Maroon 5 comes to your city, right, do you think that they're worried about the 100,000 people who didn't buy the ticket to their show, right? They're worried about the people, the handful, the 20,000 people who are in the front row singing their their heart out to their songs, right? And I think that when you think about it in in those types of... of I don't yeah, know, that's just a like great goes, metaphor. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, like it just kind of puts it all into perspective a little bit that you're doing it for the smaller portion that's going to be your ride or dies with you no matter yeah. what. And to kind of drown out, there's going to be always people, way more people that always aren't on board with you. And that's okay. Yeah. I wonder where we got this. Idea. So my daughter, my eight-year-old's very outspoken. <laughs> like, Love it's it. really I have no bad. idea where she gets it. Uh, <laughs> you know what's so crazy though? Like I only speak out when it's like, I'm only kidding. like it's really important, right? Yeah. So my daughter, my husband said to her, and I was like, gosh, adults need to take this into perspective. He said, just because you have an opinion doesn't Mm. mean – you can say it to yourself in your head. doesn't mean that everybody around you needs to hear it. Amen. So now when she says something, she's like, oh, this is what daddy was talking about. Mm. Like this opinion doesn't need to be said. Like this is how I feel, how Harper feels. Not something that needs to be shared. It could be as simple as like, well, mom, you said you were going to do that and you didn't. Daddy said, this is a perfect example, Harper. That is your opinion that mommy said that. You don't know all the other things that were going on and the reason she didn't do it. Mm -hmm. Or her perspective is, as an eight-year-old, well, I'm going to do – I said, I'll think about it means – we're going to do it. Right. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> so, but it's just stuff like that, right? Like thinking or when when my 20-year-old does something and my husband and I are having a conversation, she listens and then mm-hmm. repeats it to my 20-year-old. Right. Mm-hmm. I don't. Because, all right. Because, Talk about teamwork. <laughs> because she believes. So she'll be like, yeah, Lauren, because you don't ever take the dog out. Whoa. Yeah, Lauren. And I was like, excuse me. What? Where do you get? Yeah, well, that's what mom and dad said. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Sorry, Lauren, that if you're listening. <laughs> <laughs> but um, anyway, so it's just stuff like that. But I think that as moms, we can really take into like just really how are we teaching our children? Are we teaching them? Your opinion doesn't always have to be voiced. Yeah, and I, I don't think it's just children. Right, right now on social media, oh. and I love social media. I'm, I'll be on there all day. I love but it everybody is their own biggest fan and you look on Instagram yes. stories and it's, I woke up, I got my coffee, I brushed my hair, follow me through my whole day. And if you're getting paid and you're an influencer and that's great, but I mean, everybody is, I am the most important person in the world. Yeah. My opinion is the most important and I can just say it wherever I want. Yeah. And, well, you, know, think- at, you know, use your platform as you may, but it's I th- like your husband makes an excellent point is, <laughs> you know, sorry to go ahead. That- um, I was just going to say that if someone is doing their own thing and they're fine with it, I feel like, you know, it's your account. If you don't like, for example, for myself, if you don't like what I'm doing, go ahead and follow me. But if it's where I come in with an opinion about someone else yeah. and then start mm-hmm. using my platform to put someone else's platform down yeah. mm-hmm. um, is when it becomes problematic because everyone has their own little real estate on Instagram available for themselves to be who they want to be in whichever shape or form. Yeah. And it's up to you um, whether or not you want to follow me or not. But if something I I say you don't like, go ahead, press the unfollow button. But don't come onto my turf now and then tell me, well, why are you doing that? 
are you being oppressed? Are you doing this? Are you doing that? You know, mm-hmm. and, and make judgment when you're on my turf. But so they don't. I think that's a fine line. Yeah, and they don't. They keep and, following and, you. You see it in your stories. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, until you block them, right? <laughs> yeah, like that's what's mind-boggling to me. <laughs> uh, you want to come at me. That's my life. Yeah. You know what well, I'm saying? There's an old saying in, in my neighborhood is there's nobody that watches you harder than a hater. You know? <laughs> oh, that's the truth. It's so true. And why? Like I literally I was just thinking this morning I had this, this most incredible thing happen. Somebody gave a lot of money to – where my son goes to preschool so he could go to summer camp. And literally all I could think is, first, that's awesome. I was like, do they think my my son needs writing classes? <laughs> and she goes, oh my gosh, no, Elizabeth. Like, she was only saying, he's five, okay? But I just said to my husband, I was like, we should put Nolan in this handwriting for tears. You know, just mm-hmm. like kind of like a prep. And she goes, no, they donated. And it was not cheap. It was $280. And I was like, oh, wait a sec. I was like, somebody donated it. And that's what I was like, do they know my son? And she goes, no, they know your family and specifically your husband. My husband's a healthcare worker. So I'm all Aww. I can think in my head is she's like, I can't tell you any more information. They want to remain completely in that. And so it's just like such a reminder how the little things, and, and that's a big thing. Not everybody can afford to do that, right? Mm-hmm. But like, cards, coffee, things, words of affirmation, like a quick text to someone says, Hey, I'm thinking about you. Or I saw something you're doing online. It's really amazing. Mm -hmm. And so I think like, if we can do more things like that, like congratulations, I'm so excited you're having a baby because as a woman, you should not feel shamed or ashamed to tell someone you're pregnant, yes. to, to right. tell like, that is your decision. That is your family. And you don't know the situation. Shoot. Like I am really now just learning the reproductive system. You know, like they don't teach you like mm-hmm. miss birth control pills and all that stuff in school. Right. Like nobody's walking around saying, Hey, Elizabeth. So <laughs> yeah, you missed day that day, but you could have been ovulating, which means even though you made that pill up baby, uh, that, that <laughs> egg was probably still released in here. I'm like, Oh my God, I'm taking a pregnancy test every single day. <laughs> or like, or for me, like, I'm not even kidding you guys. If like I go to the bathroom and something's abnormal, I'm like, I'm pregnant. Mm-hmm. I, I can feel it. Mm-hmm. I'm pregnant. And then my husband's like, why do you think? And then I make myself have all oh, of yeah. these sickness, these illnesses. Mm-hmm. And so I think if we can just do a better job as women, humanity, all these things, right? Teach our kids these things. But honestly, it starts in our homes. It's like everything, right? Where we're telling, we're teaching our kids kindness and, you know, not using, like my husband telling my daughter, your opinion is not always something that's valuable or warranted. And so, you know, I think, and like uh, Christina, I know you kind of, you had so many great nuggets to drop. But you just kind of sharing like people are like, you're going to have another one when you have all of these things going on. Like, yeah, yeah, no, I didn't think about that prior, right? Like, no, yeah. And it's, uh, you know, when you're a working mom and you work as much as I do, I'll be honest, like if I said I was pregnant with my third, I don't think a ton of people would be, and it's not that I'm a bad mom. It's not that I'm, it, they wouldn't necessarily be sad, but they would be yeah. like the question, I think the first question would be, how are you going to do this? Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know? Right. Mm-hmm. And and that's where I just have to get really okay with myself. I'm yeah. not having any more. Yeah, but. I know, right? <laughs> so if my mother-in-law is listening, I'm not, no. <laughs> um, but yeah, but no, it's, 
you know, at the end of the day, it's your life and, and you got to be. And I think we need to voice yeah. that more as women. We need For to say sure. this like, even like I think about people like myself, I have a large platform, right? Mm-hmm. And this is what I tell people all the time. My platform is large. And here's the thing. I can see the back end. I can see how many people view things. Mm-hmm. But here's the thing. We talk about topics that are uncomfortable. A lot of topics that we talk about, infertility, like you were just saying, like, that's so crazy. I did not know that people think that infertility is doing God's work. Like, that's so crazy. But I can see how many people read the infertility stuff we put out, but you know how many people actually like that? Because they are ashamed to admit, to like, to comment that they have infertility issues. Oh my gosh, so much. It's crazy. It's all, it's surrounded around women's reproductivity or it's, yeah. you know, we're talking about how many of us know about menopause, you know, the facts oh behind gosh, it. How many of us, yeah. you know, know about real pregnancy symptoms or infertility symptoms? We don't talk no, about it. Don't. That's why this season we're getting real uncomfortable. We, I can't we're <laughs> so uncomfortable, you guys. Yeah. It's only going to be like the third episode. Right. All right, let's. We we have so many great topics to to go into for you guys, but before I leave you, please do not forget to rate, review, and subscribe so more moms can read this or not read this, listen to this on their morning commute or on their lunch break or with with one air holding laundry. Yeah, like (laughs) whatever you you know. It's so funny. If anyone follows Ali Dar, she actually posted a thing that was like people were like, "How do you do it all when you have so many kids?" (laughs) And she was like, "One ear pod, air pod in." In one out. Nice. I'm a good mom over here and I'm doing what I want here. And I was <laughs> love like, it. Love that's that. so good. So anyways, we hope you guys have a great day. We will see you soon. Bye.